Good morning, Christopher. How are you today? Welcome to Decoded Podcast. Chris, I can't I can't hear you. I can't hear you um, in the space. You have to turn your mic on in the space. Your mic's muted. Okay, my mic's on. Oh. Now now you're getting double feeds. I didn't even notice that. My mic at the bottom. Okay. Are we good? Yeah, that's when you were saying like turn on the mic. I was like, it's <laughs> it right on... here. So this is this is when you go from what is it? Uh oh, what happened? I just okay, go ahead. I just oh. needed to mute your mic in stream. There we go. All right. You sound you sound nice and clear though. So do you. Okay. So we're good. We're good. Um so Dakota Podcast on Twitter Spaces. It's Twitter Space? Twitter Spaces. This is interesting. This is. The uh fidelity is very different. Right. So that's the one thing I'm noticing right away, even with my headphones on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where I'm not getting the rich mahogany. The rich mahogany is not playing out at all. Should, should I invite anybody? Well, yeah, but like I'm also going to tweet out that we just started a space. Is there a way? Oh, if there's a share button. Can I just generally share yeah, like on my feed? Do it. Share it out. Let's see who gets Invite. Oh, copy the link. Okay. I copied the link. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to share it out. So why isn't it letting me? Okay. Decoded. Um, here we go. Okay. So decoded. <laughs> someone's, this is weird. someone's tolerating this, right? Someone's tolerating this out there. Maybe I don't. I don't I, I think if they're listening, they're in the room with us, and we can see them. So I don't think anybody's tolerating anything yet. Um, Decoded podcast is live on Twitter Spaces. Spaces. I'm almost done here. Come. Whoops. This is different. Come on in and join. You're really working the getting the good message out, eh? I'm trying. Okay, okay there, it's done. Okay. We'll see what happens. It's sent. So, it's also, yeah, we'll see if anybody wants to jump in. It also in. says it's recording, which is good. Oh, there we go. I'm, you mentioned me. I appreciate that. Thank you. Dakota podcast is live on yeah, Twitter no. spaces. So. And the link is there. So that's good. Um, we are on the edge of podcasting. So this is, this is, We're sorry. On the edge of podcasting. This is edge stuff. The frontier. And is this actually going to count as season five, episode 23? Mm-hmm. And I guess I still have to do a drawing as well, but I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to, I don't know. <laughs> this is, this is awesome. So um, I'm going to stop being complimentary because it's just a digital tool, right? Just another way to have a conversation. Gotta, That's right. That's we're right. over the novelty. We're over the novelty. So we're just going to do our thing like we always do. 
we can, we will. Can I give you a topic then, if we're just going to get rolling? Give me a topic. Okay, so um, I am curious about, I've been doing, I've been doing, <laughs> go figure, I've been doing a lot of thinking about my TPA. <laughs> so I have, mm. I have my TPA, I have my pre-meeting, uh, pre-observation meeting on Tuesday, and then the in-class on Wednesday, and then um, I, I'm imagining we'll have the post sometime after March break. So I know that's really, really broad, but I've been having, I've been, I've been having, I think I might've mentioned this to you. I don't know when I first, it was probably pre pre Christmas, just talking about some of the challenges of assembling the artifacts. You know, we were, this came up, this came up, I think, uh, Irma Louise, I think mentioned something about this. Amy Shantz, someone else, someone else jumped in and they were talking about the, how, the artifacts, the professional artifacts that we bring to our TPA um, conversations. Uh, if those look fors, what you know, if any of those look fors need to be kind of switched up a bit, or augmented, or kind of bent a little bit. You know, I'm I'm thinking about in particular, you know, one of the one of the uh, evergreen elements of the TPA is your course plan. And um, I'm thinking about the rigor that I've had, um, the, the, the rigor of compliance in having a course plan in the past and thinking about how, thinking about how differently I now think about a course plan. Only in so much as we have COVID amplification on there, we have hybrid learning amplification and we still have you know, this overarching idea that um, we can put uh, topics in order and successfully um, arrive at those topics. That we can put sort of small group, large group, directed, you know, teacher directed, student directed, that we can actually forecast what that particular topic and moment's going to look like ahead of time. And I've been giving a lot of thought to if we can't forecast it, then what does the what does the TPA documentation what could it look like? And you and I have kind of played, I think, with this in the past when we've talked about um, how we account for kind of the um, the qualifications that we have and how we sort of show our learning as a leader, how we show our learning as a teacher, how we show our learning and share, I guess, our learning. Um, some places will demand that you have to write an essay. Some will say you have to write a thesis. Like there's these canon canonical elements as in essay would be considered high thinking in, as an artifact of learning. I think you and I have landed in a space like these are not, these are not the high order uh, artifacts of thinking or acting or growing or reflecting that um, that what the, they once were. So now I'm in the middle of this preparation for being a, uh, uh, you know, in my TPA. And I'm really looking at, as I'm, as I'm laying out, I know I, I have, so here's where I'm at. I have, I know right now, and I, I'm imagining many teachers are like this. I know exactly 
how many lessons I'm going to teach in this particular course. I know exactly what expectations are associated with uh, each lesson that I've decided are going to be a part of this course. I know exactly how all those expectations translate into learning goals. I know exactly how I want to bring that language down to the students so that we can have good framing questions. I have checklists of uh, success criteria. I know exactly all the source material that I'm going to use. I know exactly where they all fit in the calendar between now and the end of June. And because I know exactly what this course looks like, I know that this course will not go anywhere near exactly to plan. <laughs> so again, I'm sort of, there's a funny compliance with the, you know, the hierarchy of a TPA. You know, we get a checklist. Um, we get a checklist of stuff that we have to be able to deliver within the pre, you know, the in-class and the post. Our administrators are um, empowered to sort of observe our practice, observe our paperwork, provide some feedback. Heaven help them. Heaven help them. Because we kind of talked a little bit about this before is, you know, what sort of, like when we moved into hybrid teaching, we kind of, we, and just, can I, can I couch this in something? In what's the date today? Uh, today is the 5th. We are you bet. We are eight days. We are eight days from the second anniversary of hybrid teaching. March 13th, March 13th, 2020 was when we were told to leave for March break and not come back. So, you know, in that time, you know, I've thought about, I've thought about what sort of, what sort of training might have been provided for individuals? Like as teachers, we were look, we are asked, we, we, we're, we're so past compassion, you know, compassion pedagogy, right? We're not there anymore. We're now more in the, the practical, we're in the implementation. Some people probably in the iteration stage, who knows, maybe some people are in prototyping, who knows, but we're past compassion stage of pedagogy. We're now in living with COVID, teaching with COVID. Welcome to, you know, Welcome to COVID teaching um, and the reality, the reality of living with it. So with that being said, assessing, I mean, teachers assessments are completely, I know, sorry, I also know exactly the assessments that I want to use. I know, I know I'm hitting them at certain spots with the formative, the diagnostic, the summative. I got that. I got my culminating activities that I know every, I know exactly the culminating that I'm going to have at the end of each learning cycle. Um, and again, because I know exactly, I also know exactly that I'm not going to, I'm already rewrite. I'm coming up to the, the end point of unit two. And the thing that I decided I wanted to do when I was kind of imagining the course is not the thing that I'm going to do when I end it. So I'm actually changing the unit summative, actively right now, changing the unit summative that the principal is going to see the lessons that are just coming up underneath that summative but the summative they're going to see if they look in my Google folders, because all my courses, I have it completely digital. I just hit send. There you go. You have access. Share. Sorry. I hit share, not send. Send is so dated. Everything is share now, right? So I hit share and they're going to see a summative and they're going to say, okay, how has your learning cycle sort of led up to this? Well, don't even look at that because I've already changed it and I'm going to be changing it again. You know, you'll see it. You'll see it actively change in about two or three days. Sometime over March break, it's going to change. 
TPAs, bro. That's where I'm, I'm up at. And I'm, I'm really trying to find, um, I'm trying to find a, I think, I think I'm, I'm, I'm so down with the abstract nature of it. Like I'm, I just, I, I'm not questioning. Um, I've kind of stopped questioning my why right now because it would get too messy. I got to kind of stick with the what. So I guess the question is what could be different about the TPA process if we are taking what we've learned about taking what we've learned about, you know, successes and failures with um, the last two years and embedding that in how we are assessing teachers practice. Cause I would argue if the TPA process is the exact, if everything's the same checklist, I don't know for sure, dude. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know for sure. I think I'm pretty sure the checklists are pretty close. They did some adjustments along the way. My last, my last TPA because of uh, they did a bump was over six years ago. Six years ago, I was alt ed head at a school. Four years ago, I was in access working with students that have been suspension and expelled. Two years ago, I was at another school doing hospitality, tech, culinary integration courses for uh, their ASD program. This year, I'm in my second year in my second year at this school doing ASD programming in a credit bearing course. So I ask you again, if the TPA is also a moment, I'll bring this in as part of the conversation, right? And it's funny, I'm actually being TPA'd in a course I've never taught before. Just the way it kind of fell. So I've never actually taught grade nine geography before, but that's the course that we're rolling with. Um, props to geography teachers. I love your course. I am. I'm digging the course. Totally loving it. I want to keep teaching it. Um, but so all that change, how do you get that? How do you, how's that? How's, how do we, how do we, how do we ensure that, that that sort of richness can come out? Right. I can, I can leverage it. I can speak to it. I can, that's fine. I can do that. But I just, again, I, I wonder about the, the expediency of the experience. Um, and not in a negative way. I just, I, I'm too old. I just, I, I know, I know the systems in education, right? I've had one or two TPAs before, but I've also had a whole list of rich experiences that I don't know. Does, does the TPA process, will it see that? Will it, is it built to see that? And I think that's why I don't do the why. I'll just do the what, what could be changed? What could be changed with it? You're just scribbling stuff down. So anyone that's listening in right now, um, thanks for jumping in. I can see, actually, there's some people out there right now. We got, uh, we got Don Campbell out there. Who else jumped in? Uh, Kindiana Jones. Jones. I love the I name. Love it. Yeah. That's a good, I, I was actually looking, I'm like, that's a phenomenal name. I'm like, okay, maybe it's a play on words. Maybe it's a play on words. I don't know, but that's all good. But if, uh, um, yeah, I'm just curious about TPA experiences and this, you know, as of last week, we're not, I don't think we're officially flipping over here, but this is kind of cool. Normally we're coming to you live on YouTube and you can find our feed after that posted afterwards onto probably you can find it wherever pods are posted after that. So drop it. What are you thinking? What are you thinking about the TPA process and when's yours coming up? That's a good question. So my last TPA was, um, Oh, shoot, March. Um, it was in the fall before COVID hit. It was in like November. What year was that? So that would have uh, been we're in, uh, 
2019. Yeah, 2019. So like November 2019, I'm doing my TPA. And then COVID hits the fan in March 2020. And everybody got a bumped year. So I don't know. I'm like, so 2019, 20s when I had it. So now I'm supposed to have it again. 24, 25 is when I was supposed to have it again. But now I'm probably going to have it 25, 26. Mm-hmm. Now I want to really get, so that's when I'm okay. supposed to have it, I guess. Um, and who knows where I'll be, right? Because the last time I had it, I was teaching grade three. So I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what my future holds, but so you, you're, man, you always do this to me. Eh? You light me up with um, a great question. Should we, should administrators, should the system be considering all the new learning and the new fluencies that we now have acquired because of COVID and what it's forced teachers to do? I say, I say to you, the answer is yes, it should be included. But I have to say, there are some administrators who are still living like 10 years ago. So they're following their checklists. Um, Some of them, some, see, this is the problem with the TPA, in my opinion, as a classroom teacher. Some principals live and die by those, the expectations that must be dealt with in the TPA. And it tortures teachers. Um, And then other principals are more about the spirit of the TPA. And so they're the ones that'll say to you, they're the ones that'll say, okay, there are all these look fors and I've known you now for three years in this building. And so I can see a lot of them. I've seen them over the years. I know you, I know how you communicate with parents. I know how you um, adjust and learn professionally in order to deliver the curriculum to the kids. Like, they talk to you in a way where they know the markers in the TPA and they say, yeah, I, I've seen that from you in different situations because I've known you for three years and I've been observing you properly. Then there are other principals who completely ignore that you've been around for a while. And they're like, okay, here's the list. Uh, by this day, I'd like you to send me all these things so I can see how you communicate with parents, artifacts of how you learn professionally. Um, what makes me laugh, there are some expectations. There's one, it kills me every time because the TPA I had before the one I just had was with a principal that I did not get along with. So the principal and I did not see eye to eye. It was clear that there was no love, no love at all. And because of that, I I remember, okay, so I remember being on TPA and I remember thinking, okay, this is if I'm not on my game completely, this is going to be a problem for me. So I called the local OECTA office and I said, hey, I'm on TPA. What do you suggest I do? Because I met with the principal and I said, I'm on TPA this year, as you know, because you notified me. What is it that you're going to be asking me for? And he kind of gave me this smirk on his face. And he's like, well, it's really early for that. And I'm like, yeah, but if you're doing my TPA in the spring, and we get to the spring and there are things that you wanted to see and that I don't have for whatever reason, that's going to be a problem for me. And he kind of looked at me like, dude, you can read between the lines with some people. He was like, well, why wouldn't you have some of the things that a teacher is supposed to have? 
And I'm like, no, you might be asking me for things I've never considered or done before. I know I'm a good teacher. I know that I generally have good practice, but you might hit me over the head with a couple of things. And then I'm going to have to backtrack. And I'm like, I'm not interested in doing that. And I'm not even interested in doing this in the spring. Why aren't we doing this in the fall? Like I was pushing back, right? Because I had nothing to lose. And I didn't get anywhere with that. So I called Owekta and I said, what do you want me to do? This guy's not throwing me a bone. I think I'm the last one in line to do the TPA, which sucks. They said, they said to me, go to the TPA. And there's, um, there's a teacher component where you can put together like a portfolio. Um, he, the president said, go get that and just start building your TPA portfolio. He goes, I know it sucks. I know you do it all. But at the end of the day, you're going to have a binder full of artifacts where when your principal says, well, how do you do this? You flip to, well, either you flip to that section and you have it or you say, oh, I guess that's something I'm going to need to work on, right? Because we're not perfect. We're not going to have every single expectation that is in, that is expected of us. It's just not possible. And I'll give you one of them that I'm particularly proud of. One of the expectations is something to do with being on a, like a provincial level committee. I don't think it reads that way, but it says like involvement outside of the school board level. And I'll never forget, I had an artifact of um, an email inviting me to participate um, in a com committee work at the provincial level of OACTA. And that was in my thing. So after we did the whole TPA thing, he goes, is there anything you want to add? I took the binder, it was the, one of those big black binders, and I dropped it in front of him. I said, that's my TPA portfolio. You'll see that I meet expectations in every single domain. And I've got expectations that you didn't even consider. They're in there. And he's like, like what? And I said, like being on a provincial committee, working on uh, school board committees. I've been invited to these things. I have emails to prove that I've been invited, that I've actually been there and I participate. And I'm contributing to the bigger picture. So that's all there, you know? Um, and that was awesome. I think that saved me because when I read my TPA, a lot of what he wrote came from my binder, not from his observations in my classroom. That kind of pissed me off too, in a way that like, you don't look around and see the good work that I'm doing here. So like, I know that was a long story, but some principals, they use it to try to nail people, unfortunately. And my funny thing is, my TPA was glowing. It was an excellent TPA, but that teacher didn't want me there. So what happened when it was time for grade placements, I was moved from grade two to grade eight, which is a clear signal that it's time for me to leave, unless I want to teach grade eight, which I didn't. So I left. But um Dude, I hear you like the principles that are like the spirit of the TPA, they want they want you to shine. They want to expose that shine. But there are some principles who are just like, it's just a, it's fun paperwork. Let's do it. Let's get it done. And it tortures teachers. I'm sorry. It just does. So I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of uh, the circus and the hoops you have to jump through. Circus, hoops, jump in. The big binder, thunk. Um, so 
yeah, we um, I know uh, we got we got uh, uh, Kindiana. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna bump you in in a sec if you're still down for for jumping in on a thought. The um, I I I look at I do I I hold on to the TPA as an opportunity for someone else to take a peek at my process for someone else to kind of get inside my bubble inside the silo. Um, one of the things we have to, it's funny. What's funny is that one of the, uh, so in, in, <laughs> it's not the TPA, but in the years that you have your TPA, you also your ALP. So your learning plan is bumped, right? So you don't do your hand in your annual learning plan until you actually, uh, have your TPA. And then you, you, you craft it with your, your, your administrator, whoever's giving you your, your assessment and you sort of try and find what those goals are. And the first, one of the first things that you sort of, de- you're, if you're doing like, there's, there's different templates, but one of the first things that you declare on there is like, what was some of the feedback? So when you're building your ALP, your learning plan, what was some of the sort of like the learning goal that you were kind of assigned in the feedback from your last TPA? And one of the, uh, <laughs> so I, okay, so I, I, I did look at my, I, I knew of this. I've known of this. I've known of that feedback. But it's funny, as I was putting together, when I think about the scope of my learning across now three different schools since my last TPA, I think of how much richer and reflective and connected my world is through podcasting, through conferences, through writing, through uh, face-to-face conversations, through figuring out um, the learning through COVID model, um, my last, my, my, the suggested thing I need to work on was making sure that I clearly articulated learning goals. That was, that was like one of the primary suggestions in my last TPA, make sure that the learning goals, there's a couple other things, but make sure that the learning goals are maybe mentioned more than once, maybe reduced, not maybe reduce the number of learning goals. Um, and there was also a, uh, there was a, a mention there about being aware of teacher directed versus uh, teacher directed versus student directed uh, lessons. So get, basically giving the students enough time to kind of like, you know, jump in, share and kind of do their own thing. So it's also it's fascinating to think about the, the time and scope between who and where and when I was in the last TPA. And it, it makes you feel just slightly uh, dissociative, right? Like, cause I, I have a hard time remembering that version of me now. So, um, let's see, Kindiana, you out there? How do I, I just got to figure out how to, uh, okay. Oh, there we go. Kindiana, you're in dude. If Kindiana's going to jump in, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hi. Oh, maybe. Hey, how's <laughs> Pretty it going? good. Thank you. Um, I saw this come up and uh, I happen to have my TPA coming up on Tuesday. Hey, we're kindergarten. And uh, as a kindergarten teacher, this is kind of funny to me because my last one was seven years ago when I... We're in the same club. And seven years ago, I was uh, part-time, three days a week doing aggregate prep and it was um, health and DPA. Since then, I have done grade six, grade five, and kindergarten. And last year, I was full-time virtual kindergarten the whole year. Um, And my administrator that is doing my evaluation was my virtual vice principal last year. So she saw me 
daily we were working from the same building and everything. And she came in and she's like, so we got to do your evaluation. Um, and I want to see like a 40 minute sit down lesson. And I just shook my head. I said, that is completely against the grain of the whole FDK program where it's sit down and everybody focuses on one task at that time. She wants to see a literacy based, um, she does my pals. So she wants to see us do some warm up, a story, and then a writing follow-up activity. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, do you really understand what kindergarten is though? Because we do so much learning in different ways that I really don't see how the TPA look fors are going to transfer the same way to a kindergarten classroom. That's run the way a kindergarten classroom is supposed to be run. And I said, okay, you know, this is what we're doing. We're working on community helpers, nonfiction texts. We're wrapping up the lesson uh, unit on Tuesday. So you're coming at a good time. They'll have a lot to share, but be prepared is not going to be what you see when you come in and do pals every day for 40 minutes first thing in the morning because she's booked herself in at the end of the day with four and five-year-olds. So I, I kind of question their process and I'm thinking it's just going to be a lot of generic feedback because what she's going to see is not necessarily the standard look-fors on a TPA. It's, uh, I love it. I love it. I did the whole, you know, the, uh, you want a rich learning task? I'll give you a rich learning task. Here you go as previously scheduled. And I don't know if, Indiana, if you're hearing me at the beginning, what I was saying is like, I know exactly, I know exactly where we are supposed to be on the day that my uh, administrator is supposed to come into the classroom. Um, and I have to hand in documentation that, you know, speaks to that day. Um, and I already know, I know because things pivoted on Friday, that the only way I'll actually be in that space on that day is if I trade or shortchange or decide to showcase. And I can't, I don't know if I'm gonna, I don't think I'm gonna do that. Like, the, 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 well, no, I'm not gonna do that. So there's a, there's a funny kind of thing that's happened in my brain where you get what you get and you don't get upset. So, <laughs> so with the, the administrator coming in, so in my pre, if, so for me in Kindiana, I'm not sure if, um, like, yeah, I'd be curious where you teach some of the language, some of the language you were saying is familiar to me. I'm secondary. Um, I don't know. Are you in, are you in Ontario or where, where are you coming at us from? Um, I'm, I'm in Windsor, Ontario. So, yeah. So cool. So you're, so we're the, the, the language is common. Sometimes it's, uh, it's close. Sometimes it's close and a little bit different depending like if you're coming in from a dis district of the States or something like that. So, um, I get what you're saying about the DPA. I get what you're saying about the literacy. I get what you say about the style, you know, the story. But it, it's it's so, like I said, my class changed on Friday. And I'm not, unless I do compliance and enforcement, I'm not going to be in that spot in the previously scheduled time slot that my administrator is coming in. Miss um, Lyons is out there and she had mentioned, I just saw it pop up quick. Uh, about uh, peer peer review um, for TPAs, I think that's what popped up. But that's a that's a fascinating kind of uh, augmentation to it, where 
Um, you know, the idea of flexible TPA assessment is um, seems like a reasonable thing that we would have learned from the last two years. Seems like. I don't know. Kindiana, anything else you want to say on the tail end there? Yeah, I, I think the flexibility is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're constantly changing. I know in my classroom, I have the bathrooms and there's another kindergarten room beside my room that doesn't have, have their own set. So their kids, their 31 kids are constantly coming through my room to use the bathrooms uh, and then venturing back to their own, own classroom. And that was a big change because when we went off pre-COVID, there was no extra third kindergarten class there. It was a grade one room. So we came back this year and we now have 60 kids at any given time of day flowing between the room. Um, They come through for outdoor nutrition breaks and things like that. And we'll be doing one thing. They'll be doing something different. And we've kind of had to learn how to manage it because we're an open concept school. So... You can imagine the chaos that would ensue then. And the the administrators walk through our, our building all day long. They love to be in the thick of things, which is nice. But at the same time, you know, what they don't understand is we're always changing. We're always adapting minute by minute to what's happening with so many little friends. And I'm sure you're the same way with the older kids. You know, you plan something. It doesn't always end up coming out because something else comes into play during the day. And I I think that's something that they really should look at because we have done a lot of pivoting and flip-flops in every sense of the word the last few years. We're definitely limber. (laughs) Definitely limber. Um, Can I jump in for a second? Dude, it's your podcast. It's our podcast, but uh, I appreciate appreciate everything Kindiana Jones said. And I'm going to bring it right back to the administrator. If the administrators are floating around the building and they're seeing these things happen, I don't know, maybe I'm just putting more work on them. Then they're responsible for being part of this process. They know what their look fors are. So why can't they incorporate some of they're what they need to look for in the things that they're seeing as they're walking around the building. It kills me. It kills me because it, in my opinion, it breaks the spirit of this assessment process because some te- it breaks some people. And Mrs. Lyons made a comment on Twitter about it that it can be it can be an experience that interrupts the community's learning. Why does it have to be that way? You know. So for me. My perspective and my experience is I've seen two different types of administrators, ones who incorporate what they're seeing around the building all the time, you know, and they're even bringing in conversations you've had with them and issues around dealing with certain students and their behavior and certain requests from parents. Like it's a holistic perspective. So it's like they get their list of teachers and they're like, oh, yeah. For example, if you use me, they're like, oh, Chidiac. Okay, I know how Chidiac rolls with, like, parent communication. So that's, I don't need to see it. He doesn't need to provide me with anything. I know what he does because he's constantly doing it, right? But then there are other principles that all of a sudden are blind. They're blind to everything you've done. 
And they're like, well, this is what I'm looking for this year. And it's like, where have you been the last two or three years? And then it stresses the teacher out. And that never makes for, like, that's not good. So I was stressed and I get along with my administrator and I trust him. And I'm totally open to his feedback because it's one of those, it's one of those relationships where you want to do well and you respect the person you're working with. And so you want to honor that whole thing. And in my TPA, principal comes in, sits down, I get started, his phone rings, he gets up and he leaves and he's looking at me like, I'm really sorry. Just keep going, keep going. He leaves the room. The kids are like, it's funny too, because we stop. the kids are like, where's he going? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, but he's supposed to be watching you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. Don't worry. Then he comes back in, sits down. And then once the, once I was done the lesson and the kids got up to go to their desk to do the work, right? Because it was a traditional 1982 lesson, because that's kind of like what the template wanted me to do. He looks at me, goes, I'm good. I got everything I needed. I'm leaving now. And he walks out and the kids are like, where is he going? He's not going to walk around and ask us about our work. I'm like, don't worry. He'll be back later. I'll tell him he needs to come in and look at your work. Whereas, you know, with my other principal, I'm like, good, he's gone. Close the door, lock it, and tell me if he comes back in type of thing. And so when I think of kindergarten, my mind is blown. Mm -hmm. Because even in my role now as re-engagement, when I'm in schools and I'm walking past the kindy room, I just shake my head. The kids don't even make it to my knees right? And they're everywhere, all over the place, learning how to be human. And that's, that's when you've got the kids who are like complying and happy to be there. Because then there's always the kids that are losing their minds because they're learning how to be human. So they're dealing with things for the first time, and they either like it or they don't like it. So I'm just shaking my head like, wow, you know, and kind of like, I want to kind of go away from the TPA and say to you that now that I'm working with grade seven to 12 students, I look at kindy and I kind of get the vibe of why teachers who teach older kids are scared of kindy. I get it, you know, but then I just tell myself, no, Roland, you don't have to be scared. You've worked in elementary all your life. You've taught kindergarten before in a planning time setting. You know how to work with these kids. So settle down, you know, it's funny, though, because I would have told you three years ago, if you said to me, you're going to be teaching grade seven to 12, I would have been like, no, no, get out of my face. Never. And here I am working with sevens to twelves, right? So I love I love what you said, Kindiana Jones. Every time I say that, I think of like an adventure. We're going on an adventure with Kindiana Jones. She did that on purpose, I think. No, that name is probably totally accidental. There was no it just <laughs> to, totally accidental. It it was totally intentional after my first year of kindergarten because I had done case I had done one through seven and I, I said, no, you know what? I feel like we're exploring, we're adventuring every day. I regularly come to school in costumes. Last year, I did 42 different costumes. Um, nice. Whatever gets the kids engaged. And Okay, you're coming <laughs> to school in 42 costumes. I think I'll just, I'm going to call it though, Kenyana. That's about your engagement. If yes. you've got 42 costumes, <laughs> if the kids... I will say I tell jokes every single day because the kids love them. No, I tell dad jokes because I just love telling dad jokes. And that's cool. Just own it. Own it, Kindiana. Own it. Oh, absolutely. Whatever we're working on, if there's a way to dress up for it and get the kids engaged and talking about what we're learning, I do it. 
the the entire school knows I'm a giant superhero nerd. And that is seen in my classroom. And one of the reasons is because whenever you walk in in a superhero shirt, you can engage those shy four-year-olds because they will be, oh my gosh, you like Superman? I love Superman. And that just eases their transition to school, just like it, it makes it so much easier for the parents to let them go. Because a lot of us get these kids and it's first child in school, the parents don't know what to do. They're really anxious. And if you see that connection building with the teacher right from the beginning, the parents are so much easier to get along with and they trust your process. I like that. I agree as well. Mm -hmm. I was thinking if we want to go equity lines, it's the same thing when uh, a person of color walks into a room and the kids in there who are of color say, hey, you look like me. You're a teacher? Yes, I am. We take it from there. I love that. I love the connection there. Um, Ramona's here, and I just wanted to say hello to Ramona. Thanks for coming in. Um, Ramona is... Thanks um, for finding us. Yeah. We're hard, Ramona's we're hard a recipient. Ramona's a recipient of a decoded prize that is yet to be sent to her. Um, but it's it's coming, Ramona. Don't worry. Don't please don't tweet out that uh decoded said they were gonna send you a prize and they didn't. Now you're pissed. Well, you can do what you want. I'd appreciate it if you didn't do that, but you can do what you want, Ramona. We don't want to lose followers. Right. Because yeah, we have so many of them. The algorithm. Yeah, yeah. The, everyone in the room here, we're we're all one family, Saturday morning family. So um just on that, we're do you, do you, was another topic you wanna do you wanna still play with uh TPA stuff? You wanna I Dude. I mean next next week I'll report back. It's there's it's it, much like Kenyana mentioned, like everything feels like it's up in the air. Um I think when I look at the scope of stuff I have to offer to the conversation. I would say I'm good. I'm going to pass because <laughs> it's pass fail, right? Or it's no, it's probably not. They don't use that word. It's not fail. It's yeah, not they fail. probably have they have a friendly word probably for fail. There's a friendly. There's a friendly. There's a friendly fail word. So it's it's but it's one or the other, right? And it's like um, then I go into relearning. So I'm learning, relearning, whatever comes out of that. Uh, but I can report back next week. We'll see how that kind of plays out. Uh, but the funny thing, because I've been in this position before where I have lots to say and lots to think about and be told, now's not the time, Clough, just answer the question. I'm like, no, but I'd like to draw in what I've learned from these other podcasts. Oh, and this conversation that I've had on Marco Polo with uh, Roland Chidiak. Do you know Roland Chidiak? Let me tell you the story of Roland Chidiak. And then like, I'll riff on that, right? And then at the end of it, I fail or... I'm told I fail. And I'm like, but this was a great conversation about education. So maybe that's what I'll leave on in the TPA here is, at least for me, I'm curious about my hypothesis is, here's a hypothesis. This will not be a good conversation about education. That's my hypothesis. This will not be a good conversation about education, my TPA. It'll be a, a, a systematized, operationalized, one very small glimpse of how I do school. Um, I guess I could wear outfits. I could wear something. Can you let me up? I had a, a history teacher, Mr. Guile. That was his name, Mr. Guile. And I didn't have an appreciation of Mr. Guile until, I guess, because there was no Clough as teacher when I was in grade 10 history. 
there wasn't even Clough as a history student because I didn't show up much. But I will see, it always seemed like when I did show up for history class, Mr. Guy was wearing another period piece. So he was wearing another outfit. He had, I, he must have been like part of a Renaissance troupe or something. Like he had, he had all the gear, all the gear. So he'd be showing up with period wear all the time. But um, yeah, I don't have any outfits. I'll just be rocking the black t-shirt and jeans and blundstones probably. But I will be, I think I will have a constant, I'll be constantly reminder, re- reminding myself, just do you, Clef. Just do you. And wait for the direct question. Because that's kind of a key thing here, right? I think one of the ways to avoid the, the sort of showcasey nature of it is wait for the direct question. Because sometimes the, um, you know, the more open why questions is where I get into trouble. Wait for the direct question. Where's your communication binder? Where's the, you know, that, 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 that. Fulfill the checklist. Because I think if I try to make it like this great conversation here this morning or the body of work, well, no, like if I try and, if I try and bend my TPA to this kind of vibe, I don't think it's going to be a conversation about education, the TPA. Should it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Dude, I don't even, I don't even know how we were able to talk about TPA this long I, I totally, um, you know, I'm in your corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm rooting for you. I, I have a, uh, you know, a hundred percent feeling you're going to be fine. I can't believe we spent our whole time on Twitter spaces for the first time talking about TPA on the decoded podcast. Well, that's Kindiana's fault. We, we know, we know. Okay. We can that out. And you know what? Fair yeah. enough. And this is good why it was a good disruption though. This is why we don't have guests on the decoded podcast. Right. But we have. To, we, if you saw the video, friends, we're both smiling. We're we're both smiling right now. We are. It's and it's not. It's funny. The last time we had guests was when I was at that ed tech thing, and I was sitting in the hallway in Cambridge. I'm like, oh, someone walked by. Like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing a podcast. They're like, hey, can I get on your podcast? I was like, okay. And they jumped in way back in season one, right? So, yeah, way back in season one. So, yeah, I know we're. I'm I'm kind of uh, I'm messing around here, Kindiana. I guess Kindiana is the second person who's ever, a second outsider who's ever spoken on Decoded podcast. Yeah, I mean, true. I mean, we have had like Ramona, Carlos, Miss Luis. They've they've been in, at the podcast at the YouTube site. And they've left comments mm-hmm. that we posted and talked about, but we they've never actually spoken on the Decoded podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, it's, 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 I don't think it was both of us, Kindy and I were just meeting each other for the first time, but me and Shids in the past have had, you know, our own solo missions for podcasts. And then we kind of decided to come together and do a thing. And we thought, let's just not deal with the scheduling. Let's not deal with the trying to bring guests in. You know, here's the funny thing. We sort of moved away from that very, almost, it's a, it's a, it's a format of podcasting that, of course, people still do. You want to have people to talk to. We just kind of shifted into, do could we just have a professional conversation every week? And um, in a lot of ways, it's like it, we were just leaving it up to each other to show up. So I think the choice to move, what, what was the thing that made us give this a shot? I don't even remember what we were talking about last week. We said, I think we want to give this a try. It came up that both of, I think you had entered into one. I know that. I think, like, I know for me, I've been jumping into them often. Like when I'm cooking or something, mm. they 
they rise, they're up at the top of my screen. And I know, you know what, Kindiana Jones doesn't know me and I don't know her, but we, I've seen her face in other uh, Twitter spaces. Mm-hmm. So like the face looks familiar, the, the avatar or whatever, but they just pop up at the top. And as I'm cooking or doing whatever, I just turn it on like a podcast and listen to it. Sometimes I stay in the room for a while because it's interesting. Sometimes I listen. I'm like, yeah, I don't have any interest in this topic. And I leave. And Mm -hmm. I think you had mentioned, you had mentioned an experience you had where you thought, hey, let's give this a shot and see see how it plays out. I'm thinking it was like last spring on a Sunday morning. That long ago? Yeah, when I did that one, I just dropped it. I dropped it out into the feed and a few people kind of jumped in and we had a conversation about, I think it was a how you do it, how you doing right now. So it was a bit of a wellness check-in mm-hmm. and uh, had a little 30-minute conversation. People dropped in. I don't maybe I don't know, maybe Beth jumped in I, that, again, but I think it was last spring sometime. I thought this was kind of a cool experience. I was just sitting outside of my back, backyard on a lawn chair with a coffee, sun's coming up. There's the you know other people that are kind of floating around and and sort of like, you know, check in their Twitter feeds. Uh, I think I did at a bunch of people. I didn't just post it up and kind of leave it there. I added a few people. So yeah, it was 15, 20 minutes. You didn't bother. You said you weren't down with it at the time. So I think when we came back to it, it was, it's kind of cool to come back and give it a test drive. Cause I, you know, every once in a while jumping on here and having a conversation out in the open or, you know, other people wanted to jump in. Um, and I guess I'll put it out to you, you know, you know, Beth, Ramona, and Don, you got something you want to add in, feel free. We're celebrities. We're hard to get at. We're hard to yeah. get at. It's conversation. So Ramona's probably cooking up a bunch of turkeys or some kind of cookie thing. There's so she, who knows? There's food involved with Ramona. Don, man, we haven't run into Don. I haven't run into Don or Beth in a long time. It'd be great to hear from you if you're interested. You can be like, this is a monumental occasion because we've only had two people ever speak, two yeah. outsiders ever speak on Decoded Podcast. Join the so podium, is- folks. Join the podium. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. No one's jumping in. They're just listening. Crickets. Crickets. crickets that's so good. So just like usual, there- though. That's how we roll. Usually that's, it's crickets I- at the Decoded Podcast. That's right. We get in the room. We have our conversation. We get on with our day. Um any other topic you want to throw down then? I guess if they're going to listen in, what what else what else would be a good mention at this point? I mean, oh, we have Ramona has requested to speak, so I'm not going to say anything. We got give her the have, power, Clough. Give her the power. Yeah, oh, so is sure. Dawn. Wow. Everyone's coming for breakfast. I didn't oh, I didn't even do my hair. Hi. No, I got it. Powered, everybody. Morning, guys. I just I <laughs> I saw it at the top of my uh at the top of my feed and uh, uh, Mr. Voices uh, from the nice, the, uh, nice. the uh, guys book talk. So I just mm. find like with TPAs because I'm I'm I was not to go back to it, but I'm in the same situation right now where my TPA has been pushed back several years. So I'm like I don't know in Peel. Um, I'm at the top of every principal's list. Like if I change schools, I go to the top of the list because I haven't been evaluated and i find i find with that that it's those principals who are building relationships as opposed to um trying to fill out paperwork that are more invested in my tpa and as as they should be and i i find that 
we should we should treat teacher evaluations at some level like we teach kid evaluations that we really should take a look at and have conversations with those people that we're evaluating, whether they be teachers or adult, adults or, or kids. And that's all I wanted to say about that. But I, I love the podcast. And I, the thing I like about this is that it came up on my Twitter feed and I'm like, oh yeah, that's happening this morning. So I can click it and I can listen to you and I, I, I don't miss anything. And that's all I really wanted to say. I love it. I love it. So, um, Don, just drop in because you're probably seeing it better on your side than I can see on mine. Uh, Beth's asking, how, how do you activate the, the talkie talk for this? I know we've, we've activated everybody in the room, so you can jump in and say whatever you need to say. I figured it out. I'm here. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> all, all, you have to do, all you have to do for Beth is, is just let her let her tinker around for, uh, let her tinker around for it with it for a minute and she's like oh i got it and she probably learned out five other things that we haven't <laughs> prepare to be schooled i the only thing i want to say about what you said don i like this idea of being able to being invited into a body of work and i think there's you know and as i said the the conversation that will happen the danger will be is that i'll want to have a conversation about the my body of work and that could could tank my TPA. Who knows? Beth, what are you thinking? Well, I first want to say, in full disclosure, Dawn's wife is my principal. Oh. So whatever I say, she's going to know, which is fine because I'm not going to say anything bad. She's amazing and wonderful. Good stuff. But people should know. Um, my role has changed so much since the pandemic, and I'm definitely due for my TPA. But between March 2020 and June 2020, I was only invited to join in one class on the last day of school during that first initial pandemic shutdown. I went from seeing hundreds of kids every day to zero kids until the last day of school when a kindy class invited me to be a mystery guest to say goodbye. And then last year when my school was 80% online, 20% in the building due to COVID protocols, um, my admin didn't want me going into classes just to have one less contact point. So I was able to teach some classes online uh, with some activities, um, but also because the library was not open, no one was coming into the space other than me. This year, classes can come into the space, but they can only come as a whole class group. And because our school's big, they can only come every two weeks. And I can't have students in for reshelving books because we have paused all extracurriculars. So this year, um, I, I really haven't taught. Like, I don't think I could call myself a teacher since March 13th, 2020, in my opinion. So if I was to take an actual traditional TPA paper and go through it, I honestly don't think I would pass or whatever the friendly fail word would be, which is a really interesting. Cause, and I'm not saying I don't think I'm giving to the community because I know that I am. Um, and my admin is, you know, so supportive of my role. But as a traditional, like, teacher performance appraisal you know and I've wrestled with this a couple times on my blog I don't even know if I'm actually a teacher currently comes back that's to that wild point. yeah the body of work right yeah body of work and I know that there's there's different look fors if you have a professionally managed position like for example like if 
if chids, if you had your TPA right now, they wouldn't be necessarily using the classroom list. They might use the list that they use for student success and guidance counselors, right? So they have kind of different lists, but even to be on a list is somebody else's list. You know, there's something about, you know, I think, I don't know, I have mixed feels about this, but I think about every time I go to my, you know, the, the, the parent teacher conference nights, you know, and it's ostensibly been a, a, a show and share, like at my own kid's school. And elementary is, is so savvy about this. And I know elementary, you suffer in a way that secondary doesn't. Um, but, you know, it was there that I saw kids, you sit down with your kid and the kid talks about their work. Like that's not how secondary, that's not how secondary parent-teacher nights go. Not, not typically that whole portfolio of work, you know, showcasing learning, speaking about your learning goals, some of the, you know, your struggles and your, your successes. Like that's not, that's not a, that's not really how secondary parent-teacher things work out, uh, which probably, well, no, sorry, I was going to go down a bad path there. But if I take inspiration from that, I would say a part of like, I get that, that the large component, regardless, like even Beth in the library, like you're, we're in service to kids. So if that's the theme, if that's the theme or the trajectory, that's our vector, would it not just be kind of cool for the actual professional to say, here's how I think I'm in service to kids. And then you can put, you know, you do the show and share, right? Um, so there's something to that. And it wouldn't matter what your position was in. Right. It wouldn't matter where you were placed in the school. If you could trace a line from how you how you arrive in the school each day, wearing outfits, bringing in your spreadsheets, working with uh, students, student services in the library. But you could trace the line through a body of work from then to now in service of kids, the school community, your colleagues, make it all human based, humanistic. Here's how I help kids. Here's how I help my colleagues. Here's how I help my community. Here's how I help the families, right? And then at the end, maybe say, and here's how we're raising the stats up and status of EDU. Let's end with that instead, right? And then you're sort of in this really kind of humanistic, generative kind of conversation. Now, I'm just now backtracking because this would be a great way for me to save myself in this TPA because I would love to just chat that one out, right? Um. It, I, I, I'll say one last thing on this and right, like we got back to TPAs again and process pieces, but so I go, I know, and for those of you that none of you can even see, he, Chids and I are in a, in a video, we have a video feed up, we're just not, it hasn't hit play, but it's a head shaker, we made it back to TPAs. I, I hang on to this moment that I had when I was taking my PQPs and I told Chids and I think I said this in last week's episode where I did very few essays. I didn't want to write essays. So I did video responses and I did vlogs. And my instructor said to me, I had, I had a participant and an instructor. They, they kind of, they said a similar thing together. Um, I had a, a colleague in the course say to me, it's really hard to parse out what your answer is because you just gave a 15 minute response to one of these questions. So for them, I sent them the link to the transcript on YouTube. I'm like, go ahead, read it. Maybe you can parse, copy paste that into Google Doc. Do you know Control F? You'll find, you'll find leadership or whatever it was. FNMI, whatever. They, find, do your keyword search. You'll get your answer. The prof that was teaching the PQP said, "I listened to the first five minutes and I stopped listening." 
but you sounded like you're on the right track. <laughs> so like, I'm like, all right, go EDU. So um, somewhere in there is, I think like there's the, there's the, like, that's the, that's the distant cousin, that moment. It's like the distant cousin of some of maybe the problems with the TPA and not being able to represent your body of work in a way that traces from human to system. You know, we're kind of, we got it flipped. We're going to say that the system makes us see the humans. And I'm not sure that's true. Actually, I'm going to say it. I'll call it. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's not true. There we go. Because I know Beth was going to call me on that one, for sure. I think... I think it is interesting when you think of it in terms when you're saying, what, do, what have you done in service of students? Because I've been told in my role that I have no accountability to students because I don't write report cards. So therefore, my role is not in service to students because I don't give them a mark, which to me is mind boggling. Because if you're only weighing your accountability and service to students to on a report card, I think you're doing all of it wrong. And I think it goes to a bigger issue in education in general than in terms of, you know, holding, um, you know, writing as king in terms of assessment hierarchy, you know, forcing students to write everything to show us what they know and what they've learned. And I think the TPA is mixed up in that, too. Totally. Chids, what are you thinking? I totally agree with what Beth said. And um, it's funny, eh? Um, this whole writing thing is like part of this stereotypical system. I, you don't know how many kids I work with who have special education backgrounds. And as I'm sitting with them, I say to them, here, share that document with me so I can type what you say. And they look at me, they're like, what? What do you mean? And I'm like, dude, I have one hour with you today. We have a lot of work to do. I need to hear that you understand what's happening in this course. I need to hear you tell me about your thinking with respect to this particular task or assignment. I don't need you to waste your time trying to deal with it once it comes out of your head. I'm here to make school easier for you, to show you that school is more than you just sitting in a room and listening to a teacher talk and then completing an assignment. And so you kind of lit me up there, Beth, with the and same with you, Clough, with this whole, this notion that things have to operate a certain way. If we're there to serve students, if every day my job is to serve students and to help them re-engage, I'm doing everything I can to meet them where they're at and flex on what works for them, not what works against them. And you should see the faces on these kids. They're like, what do you mean you're going to type? It's called scribing. I'm going to actually write down as fast as I can everything you say. And then I'm going to communicate with your teacher and let them know what I think about what you said and the work we did together. And so far, the teachers have been very receptive to my feedback because you got kids who aren't going to classes because they're not comfortable going to the class. So they're working asynchronously and I'm trying to navigate. I'm trying to navigate between the two spaces and I'm reporting to teachers saying, okay, I met with this kid three times this week. These are the things we worked on. This is my feedback to you. It's not my assessment of their their thinking and all that stuff because I can't, I'm not supposed to do that. What I'm supposed to do is tell you that this student did this work with me. They did that. I made sure they did the heavy lifting. I scribed. I used their IEP accommodations to make sure I was giving them everything they needed. 
and they handed their work in, correct? And the response is, yep, they handed all their work in. I'll mark it. I'll get back to them, and I'll let you know what I need them to do as we proceed with this semester. And it's like, everybody looks at me funny, and I'm like, I'm just giving the kid what the kid needs. I'm not breaking any rules, but all of you are so stuck in this one way of doing education. And then to shift gears a little bit here, Clough, when you were talking about when you started talking about AQ courses and how you you were messing a little bit with the system and providing your knowledge and understanding in a different way than the Can typical I just say way. What's, I, let me just say on that. I, I didn't, when the system told me I was messing with it, that was a funny little moment because I was actually just doing me. I was like, you know what? I'm looking at these questions. I have a background in podcasting. I, I enjoy conversation. I like playing with video tools. So it was very, I, I, I intuited, I would get my best work out this way. So I intuited, and that was an emotional, that was a, that was a structural, a, a technique, like everything about it just felt right when I was prompted with the questions that I had to deal with. And there were, you know, there's, there was always, there's no shortage of work in those courses, especially the PQP stuff, right? So I had no clue that there was anything wrong with the way that I was learning and demonstrating my learning. So, like you said, and then now afterwards, you, you tell me I'm wrong after I have such positive feelings about the work that I did and I reviewed it. I'm like, man, I got my words out. I like the way that I said that. I didn't even know that I was thinking in that way until the words came out. And then you say I did it the wrong way. And I wasn't told I was, it was the wrong way. What it was, I was told that people couldn't learn from the way that I learned. And that made it. And then you're like, okay, now you're gone, you've done it, right? Because then I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm, you, you make me plant my approach. I'm like, I'm going to keep doing it this way. And, and that, but that's in addition to the gaming happened when the game told me I was in a game. Makes sense? Because up to that point, I was generally like really enjoying, I'm like, this is awesome. I love sharing this way. Now, pretty much over the last five years or so, me taking AQs, I've done it that way. This isn't, this isn't, I was accused of being too video and audio heavy and photos as well, images, sometimes photo essay stuff. But that's, to me, I realized ultimately, ultimately that assessment that I'm being given is, is pass fail. It doesn't matter if it's A, B, C, D, E, or I have 80% or 90%. It's pass fail because if I can't look at what I've produced and have it remind me of what I've learned in the course. So that's how I kind of look at AQs. And I was told I was doing it the wrong way. So you, I'm going to make a connection. You lit me up with that when I did the PQP part two. And this, I've got this vivid, vivid memory, uh, this visualization of the day that our instructor, who is an excellent uh, modern day focus type principal in our system, when he said we had to all do like a seminar on a particular topic, and he had a list of the 15 top topics for PQP. And I'll never forget when he said, okay, go ahead and, and put your name beside the topic. People ran, people ran at that piece of paper on the table as if it was uh, boxing day. And they were all trying to get the flat screen TV for 50 bucks instead of 300 bucks type of thing. And I remember standing there and I walked over to him and I'm like, his name's Rod. I said, Rod. Is this for real? Like all those, like there are this many people in the course and they're going to max out the 15 and then what? 
And he's like, well, people just have to come up with their own ideas. And I said to him, I have no interest in actually doing a two, three hour seminar on any of that stuff. And he's, and he looks at me like, you're the innovative one. Why are you, why are you being so traditional? And it's funny because he's looking at me. He just handed down all the traditional stuff and said, go put your name beside it. Don't hurt. Don't elbow anybody. It's like a first come first serve. And then he looks at me. He goes, I didn't even think that you cared. So what are you going to do? And I said, like, can I do something about being a digital leader? And he's like, 100%. And then when I put my name down on the paper and beside my name, I wrote out my topic. People were aghast. They're looking at me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? It's not safe schools. It's not TPA. It's not health and safety. You know, it's not parent communication. I'm like, yeah, it's leading in a digital age. And they were freaked out. And then even when I did my seminar, it was awesome. I've never had a room full of people really want to pay attention to what I had to say and what was on my slide presentation because I was flexing in a way that totally worked for me, but was completely scary and foreign to them. And it was, I caught myself, I was living in the traditional way. And my instructor was like, no, Chidiak, that's not how you roll. So roll, do your thing. And I was like, really? Is there room for that? And he's like, I'm telling you there's room for that. But not everybody does that. And I'm seeing that now. I see the barriers. People look at me funny when I come into schools because I'm the weird guy now. You know, I start my lessons with kids by playing Nintendo Switch. And everybody's like, oh, Chitty Axe is playing video games. No. Look carefully. Get your head out of your rear end and look at what I'm doing. I'm building relationship. I'm gathering data that these kids aren't going to talk to me about if I just open a math textbook and say, let's get started, right? I'm softening them up. If people listen to me, then they're like, oh, yeah, that works, right? I have to find different ways because I'm called a re-engagement teacher. I can't walk in and do what everybody else has been doing because it doesn't work. That's why the kid's not engaged. I have to find a way in. And it's tough, bro, because the whole system's working against the kid. But the system calls me for help. Like, we need your help. Oh, maybe you might want to think about changing this and that. And they're like, well, we can't do that. Well, then why'd you call me? That's my favorite line now at this point in the game. Why did you call me? I'm here to do things differently. I'm here to make suggestions to you that are going to be outside the box and make you feel a little bit weird. Because that's not how school's supposed to work. But if you really want this kid to engage again in some way shape or form we got to be open to what the kid's saying you called me you burned all your bridges i'm not interested in burning a bridge i'm interested in building a new one but you got to meet me halfway and then when i realize they're not gonna then i bring it back to my team and i say how do i how do i navigate my way out of this they don't want to they just called me in because it's a checklist it's on their checklist step seven is re-engagement strategy that's all. They don't really care about the kid. They don't really care that I have some offer. They just want me to, they want me to come in so they can put it on their paper that they called in somebody else. Thanks for listening. Ramona wants to speak. Get in there, Ramona. So I think, Roland, you kind of just uh, made my point for me, but I, I feel like when I'm doing it. All right. Thank you, Ramona. That's enough then. <laughs>
I forgot to say, I forgot to say, I could say, you know, a long time listener, first time caller. Uh, but I, I feel like uh, when you're doing an AQ or, or whatever it is that you're doing, um, th- how people respond to doing things differently or in your own way. Um, a lot of times for me, I think, is it, is it because they are there to check a box or are they there for the learning? Because the folks who are there to check a box want to do exactly what's asked, want to follow the directions, want to do exactly what's asked from them and nothing more. But when you're there for the learning, um, you're there to not just show what you know, I think, but to, to stretch yourself. And so that might not be writing for you. That might be a video response. That might be playing video games with the kids. But if you're just there to check the box, then you're going to do the minimum. Okay, I'm out. I like the show what you know. Um, I'm also big on the show where you've been, right? Show where you're going to go. So the show what you know is, I think that's that's a kind of entry level in some ways. Um, it allows us to be entry level. To show where you've been, you know, that starts to get into process. It starts to get into like... Um, vulnerability it starts to get into invitation into spaces i mean that's should you sit and playing video games with a student is a collaborative invitation into a conversation space that's really what it is and the conditions are no different than walking into a room you're walking into a game you're walking into a room that might be uncomfortable but if you walk into a game then you have common language you can talk about you you've mentioned before using mario kart so you could talk about the quality of play. You can talk about how it makes your heart race. You can you can be teachery, and you know connect it with literacy and numeracy. But you can also talk about where you've been right away. I've been playing video games since I was your age. What there was video games when you were my age, right? Like you just have access to such a rich angle of discussion that um, being able to show where you've been is is so key. Um, I think so folks, we, we, here's one of the things you're, you're jumping in, but we're dads too. And we got, we got stuff to, to take care of today. So Michelle just joined us. I, I, I invited Michelle. Can, Michelle could be a speaker if you'd like Michelle and you can, you can close up this combo if you want. We've talked about TPA. We've talked about, about equity. We've talked about video games. We talked about podcasting, professional learning, uh, we met Kindiana Jones, a new a new uh, Twitter Spaces friend. We've now met you, Michelle. What you got? The mic is yours if you want to jump in. I don't know if it is hers yet. I think you have to activate something I did, I, to press I, the red button, the big red button. I did. I invited to speak. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I would like to say before Michelle jumps in, if she chooses to, it's yeah. nice to have Beth, Ramona, and Donald, mm-hmm. uh, who have kind of been connected with us for many years, jump in and uh, chat with us today. So thanks for that, and welcome, Kindiana Jones. Good stuff. There we go. Oh, Michelle. Hi, everyone. I um, this is actually my first time ever uh, clicking on one of these. I just. I'm actually taking uh, Teacher Librarian Part 1, um, and I've just started following a lot more people that I'm extremely inspired by. And I just, I saw, um, I saw this happening, so I clicked on just to hear what was, what was happening and to, to learn more so I can do more for my students and my community, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. So, just... I love it. 
Michelle, do you, can you can you share your your locations? As in, like, what what do you teach? What's uh, how are you connected with EDU? Uh, so I work for um, York Region District School Board. I'm in Tom uh, Woods, and um, I just say two D thirteen, and uh, we um, I teach kindergarten uh, as my homeroom, and I'm looking to move into uh, the teacher librarian role, hopefully in the future and uh, be able to work with our whole school and whole community. Cool beans, Michelle. Michelle, I would like to introduce you to Beth Lyons. Please follow Beth Lyons. You want to see about the intersectionality of Absolutely. teaching and live, yeah, and, and librarianing. <laughs> totally read that up. Totally read that up. But also makerspaces, journaling, podcasting, connecting with the, uh, Ontario Library Association stuff like you've got you've got um, you've got some cool peeps in the room to sort of follow that up Absolutely. and I will say I'm also I'm also in York Region uh, Michelle I teach in at the secondary panel so okay. by all means you ever want to chitty chat reach out to me Absolutely, um, Thank you. you're you're very welcome um, chids is that it I think that's it we we did have um Christine just walked into the room. Do we want to acknowledge her before we take off? Christine's brought coffee, or at least the reminder, I got to go get more coffee. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Christine, uh, I, I sent the invite to speak. Um, Michelle, Michelle did have the last mic, but Christine, uh, you got something you want to, I put, I did the invite to speak. We'll see. Let that float out. So I know um, for those of you that have kind of caught me and Chids before, the, the thing is us kind of dropping in 8, 30, 9 a.m. on Saturday mornings is that's the space that we've both found we can carve out of life as scheduled, my friends. Like my kids do stuff. There's stuff to happen around the house. Um, there's, always, there's always the uh, emergency uh, plan that jumps in sometimes and that was part of what kind of led us to start doing decoded because we thought where's when's the time when we're not stealing from our family or even stealing from ourselves really like this was a moment that we could sort of say we could have a conversation so that's a little bit how the saturday mornings came to be christine what do you think you got any any uh closing thoughts for us I, I'm imagining Christine fumbling, trying to, like, I don't know. I don't know everyone's sort of fluency with using, like, where's the speak button? Where's the speak button? They're talking to me. We gonna do it's this all again? good. Can it's all good. Me? I just wanted, I wanted to make sure that uh, we were, we were as inclusive as can be with, because, you know, people jumping in, it's, they're taking a risk. I appreciate that. And maybe she doesn't want to speak and that's, that's fine too. But I will tell you, there's nothing worse than walking in a room and not being noticed. Only second to leaving a room and not being acknowledged that you've left the space, right? That invisibility is not, and it happens so easily in digital spaces, but observe it, you know, next week, folks, when you're back in there, look at the number of times people just leave. This was what totally killed me in the year one of COVID was the mics and screens just like, nobody... And then they're gone and you're the, you're just like sitting there alone in your digital dark room. Right. So um, this is something, there's a phenomenon that also happens in regular classrooms. People just move in and out of the door without being honored or acknowledged. So I guess to that end, we say hello to Christopher. Christopher just jumped in. Somebody. I am here. Oh, it's, nice. I just was in a spot where I couldn't talk. 
That too. <laughs> Wonderful. Christine, throw down some last closing thoughts, some wisdom, something. Uh, I just appear, I was just scrolling Twitter and I found you all. So I thought I'd jump in. I don't, I've never heard decoded before. I think nice. I'll have to follow. For sure. Happy to have you. It's a little bit like um, EdCamp. That's why I get to feel like, no, this whole Twitter space thing feels a little bit like EdCamp. Like you sort of just walk up on a conversation, you sit down, you can sit, you know, kind of hang around the edges. I'm doing hand gestures and only Chids is seeing it because we're used to being on video. Um, but it's like walking up to the group, you're sort of, as you're moving up to the group, you can kind of hear conversation comes into focus. You're like, oh, they just said something about some topic that I really want to listen to. You kind of creep in and then sometimes you can just fade away too if it's not up for you. So that's why I feel like this decoded It's decoded using Twitter spaces a little bit like EdCamp. So um, that's all I got, dude. That's all I got. Okay, thanks, well, to, thanks to everyone that joined us. Eh? Yeah, this is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, what Chris was saying was what you can't see is normally we do this live on YouTube. So him and I are still, we've got our video feed that's not recording so we can uh, see each other and our facial mm -hmm. expressions. Um, a tradition here at Decoded is at the end of the podcast, Chris, usually during oh. the podcast, he'll draw a picture. He'll he'll do some kind of doodle. And then at the end, he uh, puts it in front of the camera and shares. So what it, it is, okay, Chris, you're going to have to describe it because I always mess up your pictures I it's, don't know. Uh, I started to think about oh. a bubble. I feel like we're sort of, we're somewhere outside the bubble. Okay. It looks to me like a ball of colorful yarn. That's that what too. I thought. Okay. That, that You did it. You did it. I did you it. It's a colorful it. ball of yarn. Colorful it's like his, uh, the Clough Roshark <laughs> test. To see how crazy you are based on uh, describing what he drew. But I don't know what we're going to do, Clough. Like, are we going to are we going to do spaces again for Decoded Podcast? Or, like, are we just... How are we going to do this, bro? We didn't know. We didn't know how much we would enjoy using YouTube as a video vehicle for our podcast until we started doing it. Like, that was the iteration, right? Yeah. And we've been doing it this style. We've been doing the video thing now for five... Well, we're in our fifth season, right? Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I feel like, you know, maybe at least Ramona would show up again for another conversation. <laughs> maybe. Let's see. Maybe we'll... Charter Let's member see. of the fan club. Charter, so. That's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see where we go next. I um, appreciate having you all here, just kind of dropping in for you didn't really know what. There's no real great way. I guess you have to really do, you have to do mar more marketing. We'll have to get our marketing department on that. To be able to sort of put, be a little bit more clear what we're going to talk about. But um... yeah, because normally we're not clear on what we talk about. Normally we start and we just go with the flow. We this do. is the thing. Decoded podcast was created to go against typical podcasting norms. Because, like Clough said earlier, we both had our own podcast and we were both started like we started off down the traditional road. And then we were just like done with that. So we roll how we roll. Two teachers, two dads, uh, busy schedules. I was in elementary. He's in secondary. There was a lot going on. And uh, we wanted to do something different. So we don't edit our podcasts. Um, you know, we just post to, we've got a blog where we post it. We've got the YouTube channel where people can watch it. And I also push it out to uh, like Apple podcasts so people can listen to it if they want to. And that's just how we roll. And so it's been great having other people here 
and, you know, talk about the topics that came up today. Um, I'm digging it. I like it. I think it's cool that we could have uh, different voices jump in. Mm-hmm. And I like it here in Twitter spaces doing that. Like when we go back to YouTube, uh, Clough, I'll let you know right now, I'm not interested in having people jump in like Twitter spaces. I, I like the YouTube thing being you and I and people leaving comments as we're talking live and we talk about those comments, but mm-hmm. this was a really cool experience and uh, thanks all for your time. It's truly appreciated. I'll do the plug. So if you want to check out some of the content before we started doing decoded uh, Chids's Chids uh, roots are uh, Roland Chidiak connects and that content's out there somewhere. Go ahead, find it scavenger hunt folks. And then uh, Chasing Squirrels was my uh, solo act. So you're you're welcome to check that one out. Do we say, we just had a couple more people check in. Can I can I give one more word to somebody? Closing words? But yeah, yeah, do that, up. do that. And then we, we're shutting it down. We're shutting it down. Christopher, jump in. You, we, We've given the last words. Sorry to everyone else that thought that they're, they're getting the collector's items. The, they were getting the collector item, Mike. But uh, Chris, you got something you want to drop? Go ahead. <laughs> uh just thought this was pretty cool i've actually never jumped jumped in on a, like a twitter podcast or anything um and i was just kind of wondering what this podcast is uh is about i kind of just hopped in at the last minutes there when you were closing um so i just wanted to know more about it uh just so i can you know continue listening uh in the future Chris, I'll say you're more than welcome to keep listening and still not know what we're talking about. We encourage that in our listeners. Let me just say that up front. I'll say that up front. Okay. So histor- I'll tell you a qu- super quick backgrounder. Chids is elementary Catholic in Waterloo. I am public secondary in YRDSB. And we met through podcasting channels. We were kind of doing our own thing and then kind of met each other in conferences uh, we decided that our independent podcasts, we kind of were, we wanted to pivot. So we spoke to each other. We thought, okay, maybe we could do a weekly conversation, just the two of us. It really up to, this is only the second time it's been he and I meeting. So the decoded podcast is he and I meeting on Saturday mornings and we talk about our in- intersectionality, dads, teachers, working with the system, um, being a husband, being a good person. So talking about how education intersects with um, real life, it's really, that's, that's the drive, dude. So that's, that's our thing. And we're, we're in our fifth season. So that's decoded, very cool. Decoded podcast. Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for giving me that little uh, rundown. Did I do it? Chids, was that right? Did I kind of, did I nail all the key points? Excellent, Clough. Excellent. There we go. There we go. So, friends, uh, we're getting hearts for Ramona. Thanks for joining us. By all means, we, you can you can reach we, out. You want to go, 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 do. We did more. have somebody else jump in. Do we do we want to honor uh, Mrs. Copland? 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 I right. see. This is and see. Okay, so perfect example. And and is it Chris or Christopher? Chris. Or uh, you can you can call me Chris. What what do your ears want to hear, my friend? Chris. They want to hear Chris. Okay, so Chris, yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing about tra- traditional podcasting. It's a silo. It's a silo. You don't get the outside in. And even our our uh, kind of like path to figuring out what Decoded would be initially really was, let's schedule this when it's good for us. We're going to talk about topics that are important to us. We're going to dig deep. We're going to drive hard. And we're going to kind of, you know, drop the topics that, 
in a lot of ways, we felt we weren't getting enriched in these conversations in our own spaces. The cool part is, is that Chiz's perspective from elementary Catholic and a completely different board put together with my secondary spec ed and a completely different board, high school, like we, you, you start to realize the, 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 the multidimensionality of any single possible topic, right? So right now, what you do not get in traditional podcasting is disruption. You don't really get dissonance. You don't. Even if you have a panel, you don't really get to dissonance because it's generally within a 45 minute or an hour frame. And you got to get from beginning to end. You might have sponsors. Like there's a whole many, so many constructs that keep you from being able to do something like um, Mrs. Copeland, please jump in. And it just doesn't happen. So I think I, I did an invite. So we'll see. So we'll see. Is that everyone? I just want to make sure. Do we get everybody? Everybody that could possibly say something? I think so. I think we did. I think okay. everybody's had the option. Um, there we go. I, I was going to say, you want to connect with either one of us? Well, you know, check the list. Check the list, friends. The people in the room here, this was a great combo. So we're kind of in that moment whenever you've been to a conference. Like, I remember having this conversation at one at, like, I can remember being at a, at a it was actually at an EdTech conversation. And no one had really thought this one through. At the EdTech conference amazing conference what they were talking about was all right folks you want to do this again ed tech is coming back in the fall and that was going to be six months and i was sitting there and i'm thinking well what about tomorrow i want i'd kind of like to talk with some more people about this and i've always carried that with me so you leave a digital space or a classroom or someone that you just met so i encourage all of you to kind of connect with each other you don't have to follow each other because sometimes that's too much and i'm not that guy always i don't always follow but the people in the room here you dared to come out for a conversation on a Saturday morning, check it out each other's content, have a conversation. I encourage you all. You can get me at Chris J. Clef on Twitter and Chids is at our Chids. I think you have the same handle on Insta. Yeah, I do, too. but Insta, Insta, my Insta's locked down. So if yeah. you want to follow me, I check out your stuff first That's and then right. I let you into my zone. Password protected. <laughs> I think it's I think because mine... it's because I post family stuff there, right? Like yeah, I got gotcha. you. <clears throat> and you know what's funny? I post family stuff on Twitter too, but Insta is a little bit more intimate, so mm -hmm. I lock it up. It's all good. All right, friends. I guess until we talk again, great to see y'all. Normally, you do the close up on this. Why am I doing the close? I'm like closing up the space. I'm like I'm walking around. Maybe it's my hospitality thing. Closing time. I have, I have no problem saying this was season five, episode 23 of Decoded Podcast. Episode. 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 I'm wiping down, the wiping down the tables, emptying the ashtrays, turning down the lights, and we are out. See you, people. Thanks. <laughs>